0: That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman.
1: And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I am Art Wiederman, CPA, and thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, We are date stamping all of our podcasts here in 2021 as uh, things change every single week, every single day. We got more guidance on the PPP program today. We're not going to get into that. Um, And we got some some updated news for you, uh, which I'll give you in a second. But um, I have a great episode for you today. Um, uh, as I've told you, I've made friends all along my 36-year journey as a dental CPA, and one of my friends is in uh, the beautiful Midwest. In fact, as I look at him on the computer, he's got the uh, the uh, St. Louis Arch right behind him. Uh, his name is Mark Johnson, and Mark is one of the leading experts in the country on how to help dentists. Uh, repay student loans, having a financial plan to get out of student loan and other debt, and we're going to talk about student loans. We had Mark on the podcast early in my series back in uh, early twenty twenty, I believe, uh, early twenty nineteen, I think it was, and he did such a great job, and uh, you know our clients love him, and he does he does just a, a wealth of knowledge, and we're going to talk about you know should you refinance your debt, uh, what kind of loans are out there and available, and and what is a great strategy to to get your debt paid off? And I mean, I know that it is a a big weight on people's shoulders uh, is student loan debt, and uh, I have the man with the plan today to talk about that, so we'll get to Mark in a moment. A couple of announcements. First of all, again, our wonderful partner, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, uh, a fantastic clinical magazine. Um, which has been on top of all of the uh, clinical issues in the pandemic uh, in the past 12 months. Uh, Go to their website, www.decisionsanddentistry.com. they got a great website. Uh, They have over 140 continuing education courses, and they change them up about every month. And you can buy those courses, access to all of them for one low uh, annual fee. Uh, if you like. So again, go to our partners, decisionsanddentistry.com. If you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, uh, again, I am the uh, dental director at IDE Bailey CPA firm, uh, and we work with about 800 dentists across the United States. Uh, I'm in Southern California. It's a real nice sunny day here. Uh, and um, so, you know, if 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 you're in my neighborhood, give us a call if you need some help with all of this alphabet soup, the employee retention tax credit, PPP, H uh, H S, you know, whatever you got going on. We we've been on top of this for a year. Um, again, my email address is A Wiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at Idbailey.com. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Phone number is 657-279-3243. And if you're around the country, uh, we have 24 CPA firms, part of the ADCPA, Academy of Dental CPAs that represent over 10,000 dentists. Go to our website at www.adcpa.org. So a couple of updates for you. I've been giving webinars on this. My podcast last week, Uh, we are at March 18th of 2021. Um, And so last, uh, actually yesterday, my podcast came out on the interaction between the Paycheck Protection Program and the Employee Retention Tax Credit. Real simply, folks, if you had a reduction in your dental practice of more than 50% of gross receipts, more than likely in the second quarter of 2020, um, you are eligible potentially for an up to a $5,000 federal tax credit um, if you meet that rule, or if you were shut down by a government agency. The shutdown is not as good for this credit as the 50% reduction. I just went through all of our clients here at Id Bailey that I work on, and I would say about 55% of them are going to be eligible, and we're starting that work. So if you want to have us help you do these calculations and file for the forgiveness because the idea is you want to use enough of your wages to get your forgiveness for the PPP and get $10,000 per employee to get you a 50% credit. We are dialed in on that. We've got this all figured out. We've got spreadsheets that do all this work and we can help you with that. And we're getting dentists tens of thousands of dollars in tax credit. Email me if you just want to be added to the list and we'll send you an, in, an, uh, an intake form, awederman at com. One update as of uh, the last couple of days, if you haven't heard, uh, the Internal Revenue Service has announced, I don't know if it is official official yet, that they are postponing the federal tax filing deadline for individual returns from April 15th until May 17th. Uh, they are not postponing from what I'm reading Uh, They're not postponing your need, if you're a sole proprietor or partnership, to make your first quarterly estimated tax payment by April 15th. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but I don't make the rules. Please don't shoot the messenger. Uh, That also does not apparently apply to estates trusts and C-corporations who will have to file by April 15th, so just keep that in mind.
0: Be sure to check out our new i Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform.
1: All right, let's start talking about getting y'all out of student loan debt. Uh, I use the y'all. I'm thinking of my good friend from our ADCPA group. I want to congratulate him. Uh, my good friend, Robbie Apple um, of Apple Guerin and Associates. Robbie and his beautiful, wonderful, fantastic wife, Jessica, just um, welcomed a baby boy into the world uh, a couple of days ago, and we are very excited about that. So congratulations to Robbie. And um, so let, let, let's get to our topic right now. Um Mark Johnson is the founder of uh, studentloanrx.com is the name of his company, and he's also a wealth advisor for RBF Wealth Advisors. Mark's been in the financial services industry since 1991. Uh, Before he was with RBF Wealth Advisors, he was uh, a regional sales manager for Oppenheimer Funds, uh, Lincoln Financial Distributors, and uh, Voyager uh, Asset Management. Uh, Mark is a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, and furthers his education, at the University of Minnesota, University of Maryland. Uh, Mark teaches all over the place. He's—he uh, was telling me the other day he does webinars, uh, and and talks to the dental schools uh, all the time. And his specialty is student loan repayment planning, retirement planning. Uh, you know, he has workshops on women and in investing and international investing. Uh, very active in his community and has done a lot to help a lot of dentists. So, Mark Johnson, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance.
2: Art, it's nice to be with you again. Yeah,
1: you know, it's nice to nice to have you. I mean, I love working with people who who are experts in their field and and know what they're doing. And thank you for your for your service to our country. And uh, you tell me, you've been busy these days.
2: Yeah. So as we approach um, graduation season each year most uh, dental schools are, are graduating students in May and June. And so we start to get a lot of inquiries as uh, folks start thinking about, okay, I've, I've been able to defer my student loans uh, while I've been in school, but uh, I'm getting a job and, and I'm going to have to start paying these things off. So what do, I, what do I need to do? So we start getting a lot of inquiries this time of the year. Well, we're going we're gonna to jump into all of that.
1: I, I want to start off with just, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to start off with kind of, if we have any young dentists who are starting to think about going to dental school and we get some of those listening, what are the, you know, and and again, not a lot of time, what are the options for students going into into dental school? What are the, you know, three or four main options that they have to get student loans? And then we'll jump into the, now they've got the loan, what do we do?
2: Sure. So typically what's going to happen is they're coming out of undergrad and Obviously, they have to be accepted into um, a dental school. The financial aid office is really going to be the go to. Um, there's basically, I would say, you know three main categories of loans that they're going to be eligible for, perhaps, and those would be you know federal student loans. There's uh, what's called unsubsidized loans, and then subsidized loans. And for most folks that are going on to you know a graduate school, whether it's a dentist or an MD or what have you, pharmacist, Ah, uh, they're gonna apply for what's called graduate plus loans, and those are unsubsidized loans. Right now, the interest rates on those things are probably six and a quarter percent, something in that ballpark. Ouch. and uh, you know, the financial aid office at school uh, will kind of you know help them do the paperwork on on getting those loans so that the federal loans, obviously, we got one point i think seven trillion. Uh, so that's going to be the bulk of where uh, the financing comes uh, for uh, for dental schools through the federal. Now, that again, that's for U.S. citizens, obviously. Right.
1: And um, I, I, I've seen some uh, items on the news where, where very wealthy gentlemen will go to a school and say, your senior class, I'm paying off all your student loans. Uh, if you know of any of that, by the way, let us know for our our listeners. Yeah,
2: no, that's a I was going to say, you know, a wealthy grandparent or wealthy aunt or uncle too is not a bad bad first uh, call. But, um, you know, the second category is uh, the private loan market. So, you got the federal loan market, financial aid office at school is going to really help you with that. Um, some financial aid offices will also help you with private loans. So, some of those lenders would be like Sally May, um, Discover, Wells Fargo. Um, there's some other ones, SoFi or Laurel Road, those are pretty popular in the uh, in the dental industry. Most the last two, SoFi and Laurel Road, I think they do a lot more refinancing than initial initial loans. But um, so private loans and uh, many dental students, especially if you go to an expensive private school or a school on the coast, you know you might not get enough federal student loans to cover both you know, your tuition as well as living expenses. You know, one of the things that really escalated the the student loan crisis is, you know, back when we went to school, um, you know, we couldn't get student loans, you know, for living expenses. Um, right. Student loans were really only for books and tuition and, and stuff like that. And so now that now I think even, uh, you know, it's spring break everywhere in the country. And I just wonder if, if, if there weren't student loans, how many people would be on the beaches, uh, enjoying spring break, uh, <laughs> this, this year, but They'd uh, be
1: eating at upscale restaurants. I, I remember when I went, I, I won't say how much my quarterly tuition was at, um, at Long Beach State University where I went to school because I'll lose all my podcast listeners. They'll get mad at me. It's, uh, it, it, it's gone up incredibly. I, I, I mean, I put two boys through college and it's, uh, uh, and, and then you get into a graduate school but again it's a it's a it's a great great um, you know in, investment that they're making so oh yes it's a
2: yeah. good investment. so
1: let, let's start so so now i mean most of the folks that are listening to our podcast here today mark and and by the way before i go any further i forgot to mention this at the top we are doing a business of dentistry uh 12 month series for six local dental societies uh, in, uh, in Southern California. And, um, uh, it's funny. I made the agenda for this series in November of 2020. Um, I told Mark, uh, and Mark Johnson was on my list to do June. He just didn't find out about this till yesterday. I've been a little busy. So on, uh, June 9th, put that on your calendar. Mark is going to be on our business of dentistry webinar uh, which is 6 to 8 p.m. on um, uh, the second Wednesday of every month. So we just did ours last month. Um, they all live on our YouTube channel, uh, idbailey.com. Just Google idbailey YouTube and you'll see all the webinars we've done. We did one on the uh, interaction of the ERTC and the PPP. So on June 9th, uh, you will get to see Mark. Uh, he may have the same, he may bring the St. Louis arch with him or he may not. I don't know. That's, that's your choice. Um, but, uh, we'll go ahead and do that and he'll be on for a couple hours and he'll be able to answer your questions about all your student loans and, and the strategies to repay. So let's get into that, Mark. Uh, number one, how has the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, impacted the advice that you're giving a dentist regarding student loan repayment?
2: Sure. Good question. So, as you know, on March 13th of 2020, uh, President Trump suspended interest um, on federal student on most federal student loans, and then Congress um, backed that up by passing the CARES Act on March 27th. And President Biden has further extended uh, student loan relief through September 30th of this year. So, uh, for those who had federal student loans, they've had no interest accruals from. March thirteenth, two thousand twenty, through September thirtieth, on a four hundred fifty thousand dollar student loan balance, and uh, that's forty three thousand dollars roughly in savings. So there's been tremendous student loan relief, um, you know, since last March. Uh, so that has impacted our advice. So obvi- the the first obvious thing is I wouldn't recommend and haven't recommended anyone refinance their federal student loans. Uh, during this period of time, because they've had a loan that's had zero interest accrual, right? So that that was the that was the probably the most obvious one. Um, but there's also been um, clients that, for example, maybe uh, were graduating with um, and going into public service. Maybe they weren't going to be a uh, a private uh, practice owner, or at least they wanted to go into a public health clinic for ten years and and get public service loan forgiveness. Um, some of some of our advice around that has has, has changed a little bit. Uh, there's been some uh, back in back last summer, about a year, not quite a year ago now. A lot of dental offices were closed down for two or three months. Um, so uh, in our financial planning, we always recommend as an initial goal three months of living expenses saved up in an emergency savings fund. And you know, I used to get a little bit of pushback um, prior to COVID on that. Why do we want to have you know Fifteen twenty thousand dollars sitting in an account that's not earning anything. Uh, well, come COVID nineteen, it was really helpful to have those funds available because a lot of young, especially younger dentists, you know, got laid off and furloughed uh, for two to three months.
1: I, I think a lot of the reason, Mark, that that you know, we financial planners have used that, you know, three to six months worth of personal living expenses. Uh, obviously, the the pandemic, like you said, is a, is a perfect example of how many people, I mean, are dangerously close to not being able to buy food and not being able to pay their rent and all this stuff. Uh, it, it's also, I mean, I, as I remember it, it was like it, it had to do with disability insurance because if you got disabled, nobody was thinking about a pandemic back then. Uh, but if you get disabled, uh most disability policies have either a 90 or 180 day, what's called an elimination period, which meant if you got disabled and you stopped working and you couldn't uh you couldn't earn a paycheck, you didn't get your disability insurance for 90 to 180 days. And that was one of the reasons. But obviously this pandemic has has shown this up big time as to how people I mean, you know, you don't want to be going to bed at night, everybody. Worrying, how am I going to make my rent payment, or my mortgage payment, or my car payment next month? Right?
2: No. Well, the old saying, "Art is uh, cash is king," right? Yep. So So, um, having a little bit of uh, dry gunpowder uh, is is never never hurts. And um, so, so that's part of our planning is to help them, uh, you know, allocate money into the different buckets, and emergency savings uh, is certainly one of those.
1: Now, so Mark and you were saying about this a little earlier, so. When, when the dentists come out of school, are most of the dentists that you're seeing, are they, are they looking at a 15-year, 20-year, 30-year? Is it kind of a combination of both as to how long their, their repayment is?
2: Yeah. So, so there's a number of different repayment options out there, but, um, and I don't want to scare off your listeners, but as a financial advisor, I have a personal goal of trying to help clients pay down student loan debt in around 10 years.
1: Right, but when they when they get started when they come out before they come and see you, they've got do they have are all their loans 30-year loans or are there some
2: 20 or what what do you see? So so there's actually not a there's not a term on the loans, okay? Okay. So so you get a loan, let's say a graduate plus loan and you have uh when you graduate, you have what's called the 6-month grace period. Right, okay? Uh, where you don't have to make any payments, interest is still accruing, but you don't have to make any payments. Once that six-month grace period expires, if you don't do anything, the default is a ten-year standard repayment. Ah, okay. So now they, on, they a on a four hundred on a four hundred on a four hundred thousand dollar loan, you know that's a few thousand dollar a month payment. So. I start to get phone calls as people's six-month grace period expires because they get a notice from their loan servicer that they got a payment coming up that's forty-two hundred dollars, and that usually gets me a few, few calls. Um. So that's a that's the default as a standard year ten, standard ten-year repayment.
1: So so with that said, Mark, when's the best time to start planning your repayment? these young men and women are coming out of dental school. They maybe they have a six-month deferral and they've got these loans. So, so when, when do they start, when do we start planning
2: this? So my recommendation is you start planning your student loan repayment at the same time you're interviewing for your first job. Okay. Okay. Because dental, dental professionals have four, maybe five tracks when they leave dental school. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll use the military first. Cause I just got off a call, a zoom session with, um, a young lady who's in the Air Force in Tampa, Florida. She's going to listen to your um, uh, webcast uh, when it gets published, so I'll call out to her. Uh, her and her husband are in the Air Force in, in Tampa, Florida. She's going to be getting out of the military in September, uh, so some people go into the military out of dental school. You've got a group of people that go into residency. Right. Uh, you have a group of people that go into public health. Right. You've got a, a group of people that become associates with a question mark on whether or not they're going to be practice owners or not. And then the fifth group is the group is they're going to be an associate first, but they got an exc- exclamation point. They are going to be um, practice owners. And so there's really five tracks of planning that, that we build a student loan repayment plan around those five tracks
1: okay so what we can get into all of the all of that as we go along here so so i would suspect that that you probably get a lot of calls from dentists who are maybe not just out of school but they're you know they hear you they hear you on this podcast they hear you in other places uh you get referrals and maybe they're two three four five years out of school so so if somebody's a couple of years out of school it's not too late to to start planning a,
2: a, no. a repayment, no. is it Well, no. I mean, we would do an analysis to see if they're on the right payment plan to begin with that's consistent with their career goals and their their family situation. We had a client last year um, out of New York City that had been out of school for 10 years. And unfortunately, based on our analysis, she'd been on the wrong plan for quite some time. And we were able to help her make some adjustments to her plan. And, uh, you know, she's off to the races uh, from there. No, that, that, that's great. So, so let's
1: get into the weeds about, okay, I come to you, Dr. Art Wiederman. I get, I get, I get a lot of mail, Dr. Art Wiederman. It's amazing. I'm, I'm trying to gain additional respect from my wife and my two boys. They're not buying it. Uh, They know it's a mistake, but anyway, so Dr. Art Wiederman comes out of school. I know they talk about the average student loan debt in the United States for a dentist in the 250 to $350,000 range. Um, I would answer that by saying, don't come to the beautiful state of California because those numbers are a little higher than that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I tell, I always tell the story of, uh, and I've told it on the podcast before, of uh, two dental students who came up to me when I was speaking at the USC Dental School. And they said, uh, Mr. Wiederman, we both did a general practice residency, a GPR, and we're $550,000 each in debt. Do you have any golden bullets for me? And I'm standing there and it's like nine o'clock at night. I was a little punchy. And um, I said, well, you know, there's a 7-Eleven around the corner that sells lottery tickets. Other than that, at this moment, I don't have much for you, but but Mr. Johnson does. So, Mark, let's get talking into, you know, what elements do you deal with in helping a dentist uh, to, to structure a repayment strategy. So I come to you, I've got 300, $350,000 of debt. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'm four or five years old. I'm 32, 33 years old. I'm married. Maybe I got a kid. Maybe I got a mortgage. What What are you going to think about for me?
2: So, um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do an analysis of your finances. So we're going to, we're going to create a budget, you know, what's your income, what's your expenses. And then I'm going to ask you, where do you where do you plan on going in your career? Now, if they're, if they're on track to be a practice owner, um, you know that'll be one set of advice. Um, you know typically, um, I don't recommend refinancing private loans, uh, federal government. so we're assuming they've got 350,000 in federal student loan debt. I typically don't recommend refinancing those loans until you've secured a practice loan. because when, when the bank looks at you, as a as a borrower for to give you a practice loan, they really don't care how much you have in student loans. Right. Uh, what they, what they look at is your payment. Okay. And so if you're on let's say an income driven repayment plan, which is ten percent of your discretionary income, if you're making about two hundred thousand dollars as a dentist, and you let's say you're married with a couple kids, you're probably looking at a twelve fourteen hundred dollar a month student loan payment. If you'd refinance that on a 10 or 15 year loan, you know you're looking at a $3500 a month payment or something like that. And so you want to keep your student loan payment fairly low um, as you're approaching practice ownership. Uh, so clients that are coming right out of dental school, typically they're going to get enrolled on an income driven repayment plan for the first two or three years, build up some liquidity, so when they walk into Bank of America or whatever bank is going to finance their practice loan, maybe they've got a, a pot of money of, you know, $40,000, $50,000 and a fairly low student loan payment.
1: So, yeah, and, and, and that's a great point, Mark, because, again, I'm a dental practice broker and we advise dentists on buying practices also. And, and what ends up happening is, is that the bank has what's called a, a 1.2 or 1.25 times multiple. In other words, they're they're taking the payment, and they're saying you've got to cover the payment, uh, based on your living expenses and your debt and all this stuff, uh, plus twenty or twenty five percent. And you're right, if they go and they refinance, that that just becomes private debt, just like a car payment or something like that, and then they are, um, you know, they have a higher uh, personal uh, requirement which makes it maybe a little more
2: difficult to apply uh, to buy your dream practice, right? Right. And so I think, you know, we have a little bit of competition in this space, not much. Most, you can't walk into, name your name, rattle off the top five or six largest financial firms that you can name. And, you know, no one's going to walk in there and get any student loan repayment advice. They just don't do that. That's not their their deal. But um, there is some Companies out there that do give some student loan repayment advice, but, you know, they don't sit down and put together a budget and really explore the, the career path that this uh, dentist is looking for. And unfortunately, a lot of dentists end up getting um, sucked into doing a private refinance way too early, in my view, and uh, it, it can cost them, you know, considerable amounts of money in the short term you know, we can talk about this a little later maybe, but, you know, a lot of first-year dentists coming out of school or residency had very little income as a fourth-year dentist, or maybe they made 40 or 50 grand, you know, in a a residency program for a year. You know, most orthodontic residents don't get paid anything. And so, uh, they qualify for a significant interest subsidy on one of the uh, income-driven repayment plans. So, I, I would just encourage any listeners not to rush to do a private refinance until they've really crunched the numbers and understand exactly uh, what their options are. I mean, they might want to go out and buy a bigger house. Um, who knows?
1: Um, and, and 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 yeah, we, we don't want them to get themselves into a bigger nut than they have to because they're going to look at that interest rate and they're going to say, well, it's a lower interest rate if I refinance. That may not be. Best friend so let's say i 've got somebody that's looking at a practice they 've got a you know maybe they're on a a twenty or a thirty year repayment and they get you get them and they're uh, they're in a practice right and they don 't know what what to do with their student loans how How do you because a lot of these folks look paycheck to paycheck unfortunately uh, and with a pandemic and everything how do we get them to a point what what's the i don't know how much of your secret sauce what a Talk about today, but how do we get them to a
2: point that they can pay their loans off in ten years? so obviously it's not rocket science, um, it's income and spending right so so we, you know I'm a little old fashioned in that way, and we, we look at their, we look at their income and we look at their spending and you know I'm not an advocate for kicking the can down the road twenty or thirty years. I think that's that's a really bad idea. There are some student loan planning firms that advocate for what's called, uh, one of the strategies is called the tax bomb strategy. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I haven't Uh, heard that one. Sure. Maybe I'll learn something today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't want you to, I want you to be aware of it, but I don't want you to recommend it. But anyway, anyway, uh, the tax bomb strategy suggests that you get on an income driven repayment plan for 20 or 25 years. Uh, you make a very low payment initially so on an income driven repayment plan uh that is 10% of your discretionary income so you have to provide an income source document so a first year dentist coming out of dental school probably had zero income so one of my, the you said a golden bullet i call them the golden nuggets one of the golden nuggets i'll drop today is if anybody's listening and they're in school or dental school or residency, make sure you file a tax return every year, even if it's got a big zero on the bottom of it, because you can use that, that income tax return to establish your first 12 months of payments. Right. Um, if you've got a zero income tax return, the fir- you won't even have to make a payment on your student loans in the first 12 months. Uh, but anyway, so people get on this tax bomb strategy. They get on an income-driven repayment plan for 20 or 25 years. They have a low payment starting out, As their income goes up, their payment goes up, but the idea is have a low payment and invest the difference. And at the end of 20 or 25 years, you're going to have this great big investment account. If you've got any student loans at the end, uh, Uncle Sam forgives it, but it's taxable income to you. So let's say 20 years from now, you're making $600,000 as a dentist, which hopefully that's $300,000 today, Right. So right. 20 years from now, you're making six hundred thousand. You got two hundred thousand left. So that year you're gonna get taxed on eight hundred thousand dollars. Now the, the concept is, well, that's okay. I'm gonna have this big investment account that I can just pull the money out of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good now, luck with that. Well, I'm not saying it won't turn out that way, but but there's a 5050 chance over the next 20 years that everybody listening is gonna get divorced. Uh-huh. And now, how's that gonna work out in divorce court? Your student loan balance is actually higher under this tax bomb strategy the first few years out of school because you're making not even an interest payment. You're just barely making uh, a payment at all. And so what happens in divorce court, uh, you're a practice owner, you got a bunch of student loan debt, maybe you got a couple kids, maybe you got to pay alimony. um, And the tax bomb, I mean, I was in the military and I was uh, trained to avoid and respect bombs uh, whenever possible, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. so, <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of this tax bomb strategy. And there's a lot of people out there that are talking it up, um, get in on a low payment and stay on that for 20 or 25 years. And I would just remind people that aren't familiar with the the history of the stock market, you know, from 1964 to 1981, that's a 17 year period of time, the stock market went zero. It was what? The Dow Jones was 1,000 points at the beginning of 1964, and it was 1,000 points at the beginning of 1981. And so there's no guarantee that the stock market is going to... Now, again, I'm an investment guy, so I'm, you know, if I, if I like this idea, tax bomb, it would accrue more business to me because my clients would have more money to invest, right? Right, exactly. So I feel I've got a little credibility to, to kind of poo-poo that strategy.
1: Well, and, and, you know, we see that strategy. Some of the banks, when a dentist will uh, start or buy a practice, they'll say, okay, no payments for the first nine months or 12 months. And then for the next 12 months, there's $99 a month payments. That looks really good. And then your payment goes to $7,863. And the theory in a similar thing that you're talking about is the theory is is that the, they would then uh have built their practice up well they're you know again uh, this is assuming that people uh, that dentists are going to have the discipline to save the difference that's like buy term life insurance and uh, uh, invest the difference well you know people spend money you know when people get raises in this country my experience is they don't save it they spend it now, the last twelve months, they've been saving it because there's nothing to do
2: in a pandemic. But I mean, is that your experience? Well, um, our experience when well when we build a financial plan for somebody, I mean, we start saving and investing right out of the gate. So fortunately, um, our clients, uh, I mean, that's what they hire us for. The people that come to us, you know, say, "Hey, I want to, I want to be successful financially." What do I need to do? I know about dentistry. You can help me with finances. And so we build that into the plan. We have savings and investing as part of the path. Now, I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't get on an income-driven repayment plan for maybe two, three, or four years. Um, there's different circumstances. Most of my clients, most of our clients do get on an income-driven uh, repayment plan for a period of time. But it's it's usually you know two to four years. And then once they're established in their career, then we pivot to maybe a private refinance and lock in a payment and then hammer that student loan debt you know, off. And again, try to get that student loan debt paid off in 10 years or less. And I, it can be done. I've got clients that have paid off $400,000 in four years. Now, if you go buy a, your, your starter home in Seattle for $900,000 or out where you're at, um, <laughs> it makes it a little bit more difficult. So what you should have told that young Person that came up to you in the conference instead of buying a lottery ticket is move out here to the Midwest.
1: Yeah, right. right? Exactly. Housing is a little, uh, a a little, a little bit cheaper. I mean, it it is just ridiculous out here.
2: Um, It's a beautiful place. I I love the I love the coast. We've got clients on both coasts. We've got clients in Hawaii. But I'm like, you know what? You can buy a bunch of Southwest Airlines tickets and you can fly to the coasts. Uh, pretty cheaply, and uh, you can have a beautiful home here in St. Louis uh, for you know four hundred thousand dollars, a big backyard and a couple of dogs, and
1: yeah. Then you know. in Southern California, you can have a double wide for four hundred thousand dollars. I mean, what can I tell you? Right, that's, that's yeah, right. kind of crazy. So you were talking before about discouraging people, Mark, uh, in in refinancing their their student loans, their their federal government student loans in through a private lender. Talking a little more, and maybe you covered this, but I, I is is when would a good time to do that? Like they're on an income-based repayment plan, they're paying a thousand, twelve, fourteen hundred a month, and then they're two or three years. in. do we do we want to do something like that? At, you say
2: after we buy the practice, right? I think so. Yeah. Under most and, now, again, we're talking about students. There's several several variables here. So how well, much we'll talk do, about those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much student loan debt do you have? So, if you got hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt, then maybe maybe doing a refinance now is not a bad idea. Uh, but if you've got four or five hundred thousand or more, okay, then you're you're looking at a several thousand dollar a month payment. Most of the most of the private refinance companies, you know, based on rates today, you're going to be looking at a ten or a fifteen year repayment. Okay, so that, that's a several thousand dollar a month payment. And again, as we discussed. You want to keep your payments low as you're approaching the bank to get um, your practice loan. So typically, um, I have no problem with private refinancing. I just think that there's a lot of people that do it too early.
1: So a good time to do it might be, I'm in my practice. What about if they want to buy? I mean, because I always get the questions, I'm sure you do. Uh, So uh, Mark, should I buy a house first or should I buy a practice first? And
2: I'm sure you. How do you feel about that? Uh well, um, I need to know if you're if you're married and you have kids and you know, happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> so it depends on on your priorities. I mean, the real estate market's pretty hot today. I'm not sure I'd be a buyer today. Right. You know, unless somebody put a gun to my head, I probably wouldn't be in the market to buy a house today. I just visited with somebody today on that very topic, and. You know, I said, you may not like what I'm going to say, but I'm a financial advisor. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a marriage counselor. So you guys are going to have to work out, you know, when the right timing is. But from a financial perspective, I'm not sure buying a house today, Um, I think all this money that's been pushed into the economy, uh, you know, once that money gets spent and uh, it's kind of, petered its way through the system, I think, and interest rates have already gone up almost three quarters of a percent here in the last few weeks on the 10 year treasury. I think interest rates have interest rates have to go up and that's going to be negative for the real estate market.
1: Right. And and that's going to cause inflation. So maybe maybe 12, the stock market. you yeah. know
2: twelve to eighteen months from now might be a better time to buy a house. The other thing I would tell folks, especially coming out of school or residency, is you're going to get a job and I hope that that job works out well for you. But, you know, what happens if, you know, you need to switch places or you want to move? I visited with somebody earlier this week that moved um, to New Hampshire. They didn't like the cold weather. Now they're moving to Atlanta and they were happy that they didn't buy a house there. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, yeah, it takes, you know, two or three years to recoup m- closing costs and real estate fees and and those types of things. Um, you know, if you if you know for certain you're going to be someplace for 15 or 20 years then it probably doesn't matter if you buy a house now or not. But I think from a banking standpoint, they'd rather have you have $50,000 in in an investment account than 50,000 equity in a home to give you a practice loan.
1: Yeah, L- liquidity folks, if you're going to go to the bank and you want to buy a practice, especially a big one, uh liquidity is so so important. A lot of the banks will require you to have you know, one of the major banks requires ten percent of the purchase price, not in an IRA or a retirement plan, but in personal liquid savings. They want to see that you can save money. That that's important. So if, if I go and refinance Mark to a private, are the interest rate? You you said that the federally insured student loans are in the you know five six percent right now. Is that where they are?
2: Yeah. So folks that are graduating this year with federal student loan debt are probably coming out of school. Uh, when interest gets turned back on October first, right, right, right um, their loans will be accruing interest at around six, six and a quarter. So, if okay. I go to the private lender,
1: what what are their interest rates?
2: So, private lenders uh, have much lower rates right now. Um, their rates are probably you know in the three and a half to four percent range. Now, a lot of the private lenders though are going to want to see uh, a few months of of income. I mean, before before they're going to refinance three or four hundred thousand of student loans, unless you unless you have a cosigner. Um, But here's the thing I would say is, again, many, many students coming out of school or residents had very little income their last year of dental school or residency, in some cases, zero income. And if that's the case and they don't have a spouse making a lot of money, they're going to qualify for an interest subsidy on specifically the revised pay-as-you-earn, which is one of the four income-driven repayment plans, revised pay-as-you-earn offers up to a 50% subsidy uh, for qualifying individuals. And basically, if you're single and you had no income last year and you filed a, a tax return, you pretty much qualify for this interest subsidy. So on $400,000, if you're coming out of school, that'd be $24,000, while well, with this subsidy... You know, I just gave you a twelve thousand dollar gold nugget. If you're listening and you're graduating this year, uh, under those under those scenarios, so
1: that's the, that's the interest. Uh, that was one of the things we were going to talk about today. Is that's the interest subsidy uh, that that would be available through the income driven repayment plan uh, situation, right? Yeah, revised pay as you earn. Yeah, and 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 that. So the government might
2: pay for some of your interest. Is what you're saying? On revised pay as you earn, they could pay for up to 50% of your interest that first 12 months out of school. Okay.
1: So let's take a minute here, Mark. Uh, Talk a little bit about the – you talked a little bit about your process. I'd like you to give out your contact information to our listeners. Folks, I'll tell you what. I do get a lot of questions about student loans Dentists, a lot of times when I talk to them about it, I say, oh, well, I'm just gonna be paying student loan debt till I'm 80. And I go, Well, you know, maybe not. So um a little bit about what you guys do at your uh, at um, student loan RX and your, your financial consulting firm. And then uh we'll have this in the show notes, folks. But please, Mark, give out uh your contact information of how people can get a hold of you.
2: Sure. They can Go to our website, Student Loans, that's studentloans plural, studentloansrx.com. And up in the top right hand corner of the homepage is the free consult button. So we do offer a free 30 minute consultation. And so you can click on that button and fill out a, it takes you two minutes to fill out our short needs assessment. And then we offer a free consultation. If somebody wants to text me, uh, they can text me at 314. 314- 347-3499. That's just a secure text number. It's it's not a voice. It's just my text. Uh, you can email us at studentloansrx at rbfadvisors.net. So, several different ways to get a hold of us. Sounds good. And,
1: and, and for those of you that are listening, we have a lot of young dentists who are listening one, two, three years out of school. Folks, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I I, I was fortunate. I did my I did my podcast a couple of weeks ago on Art's Golden Rules. And when I did it, I got three or four emails. And, and again, I you've all been listening to me for a couple of years now. I, I don't I, I don't toot my own horn, but this time I'm gonna do it for a second. I got a couple of emails almost the same. It's like, wow, Art, I heard your podcast and boy, I'm glad you started planning early with me because now I can retire. And Mark, I'm sure that you've started with people uh, that you're moving along their career and, and and folks, you know, it's, it's just so important. And I know you're all busy. We're busy. We're busy with our kids and we're busy with our practice and we're busy trying to figure out when we can start traveling again. And we're, we're, we're busy with our, with, with everything. But, but I'll tell you what, when you get to 50, 60, 70 years old and you turn around and you look and say, wait a minute, I, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And you've got a hundred thousand dollars saved up. Uh, you, you're going to wish that you, you know, you're going to wish that you went and met with somebody like Mark Johnson and let him do your planning for you. And 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 my legacy in this podcast and in my practice is to try and help as many people as possible and, and kick you in the behind to get you to do this. This is real important. So, we're getting close to the end of where we're talking, but I've got one big topic I want to talk to you about is some of the biggest mistakes that you see in in, in the repayment planning. Let's go through some of those.
2: Yeah. So I think one of the biggest mistakes is um, people take advice from unqualified parties. So, ah. um, you know, um, armchair financial advisors or so-and-so's dad worked in the finance company at so-and-so or, uh, you know... There's a variety of different student loan repayment strategies uh there's as we discussed, there's um, people that are going on to residency, public health, people that want to be practice owners so it's it's not a one size shoe fits all it's not so I would say you know whether it's us or someone else um I would say you know get some advice from a qualified individual uh the other one is as we've already talked about, I think people Um, You know, the private finance market is appropriate for most borrowers at some point after they graduate, but I think uh, they get inundated with advertising and promotions and those kind of things. And I think a lot of people graduate and they refinance their student loans. They refinance their federal student loans too early. Uh, I also think uh, there's what's called the six-month grace period. Right. So you graduate, you don't have to do anything for six months. Well, this year, the last three months of the six months, your interest is going to be accruing. And if you got four four $400,000 in student loan debt, right, that's $2,000 a month of interest. Yep. So if we can, let's say you should get on this income-driven repayment plan, revised pay as you earn. If you sign up for that and you're ready to go on October 1st, instead of your loans accruing interest at $2,000 a month, they're going to accrue at $1,000 a month. Right. The last thing I would say, Art, is that people, some people, some graduates, look at their student loans in isolation from their other pieces of their financial plan. And I think that's a huge mistake. Okay, if you have three, four, five hundred thousand 500000 in student loan debt, that should be the centerpiece of your financial plan. And everything and the other decisions that you make uh, should be consistent with whatever your repayment strategy is going to be, and you can't do that by looking at the student loans in isolation. You really need to have someone sit down and help you put together a comprehensive plan that looks at a budget, your student loan planning, your insurance planning, your investment planning, all in one, all in one comprehensive plan. And
1: and and people don't pay attention because uh, uh, you know this is the psychology of of being someone who makes a six figure in- income. The psychology is I'm making two, three $300,000 a year. I I don't have to worry if I'm going to go and drop 150 bucks at a restaurant. I don't have to worry if I'm going to go drop $1,000 to buy some clothes. We, we don't think about this. And and people who get raises, everybody says, well, when you get a raise, your income goes up, you're going to save that money. No, you're not. <laughs> you're just going to buy more stuff. And that's why having a plan now, it doesn't mean that Mark is going to sit there, Mark, you're not going to sit there and you're not going to tell me, okay, your cable bill is 235 a month. You need to cut it by 20%. That's not what this is about. This is just about, you know, I mean, talk a little bit about how you coach young Dennis on budgeting.
2: Okay. So again, I we're always looking with an eye towards their career path. So if your goal is to be a practice owner, um, I'm probably not going to advise you when you, if you text me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, signing this lease on a new Audi for 700 a month, I'm going to say, uh, how about a Toyota Camry? Okay. Right. So I am going to be reasonable. I am going to give some of, some of it might be considered fatherly advice. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause you know, in many cases I'm old enough to be uh, a graduating dentist father, right? Uh huh. So you're going to get some of that advice. Um, I am going to talk to them about timing. So the other thing that we know is that some of their friends that maybe they went to high school with or what grew up with didn't go on to graduate school. And they already are married and have a car, or have a house and a two-car garage and maybe a fishing boat and a couple kids. And so there is this pent-up demand and I I hear it all the time in visiting with my clients that they need to kind of get out and and become you know, consumers, okay? They've been students for all this long. And I just say, be a little bit more patient, just a little bit more patient. Give, give it another year or so before you go crazy on consumer spending, and you'll be in a much, much better position um, down the road. And when you go to your 15-year and 20-year high school reunion, um, you know, you'll probably be pulling up in the nicest car, and you might have the nicest house. Not that not that that means anything per se, but uh, you'll be you'll be in a, a great financial position if you're just a little more patient and get your financial ducks in a row. Uh, so those are some of the conversations you know. I also tell them to get off their parents' cell phone bill okay okay <laughs> and i just I just throw that out there because I've got kids in their twenties that are still on our cell phone bill, and it bugs me, so I tell uh. them. So I just a little bit of uh, resentment comes through every once in a while in my financial planning. I, I, I hear your pain, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I hear your pain. but well, I say, Hey, if
1: you put the kid, but well, here's the problem. If you put the kids
2: on a private cell phone bill, it's like three times now. Well, here's what I say. I say, you know, listen, you know, if you're going to be making 150, $200,000 a year, you know what, maybe you stay on the family plan, but, uh, send, send your parents, you know, 50, take them out to dinner, send them yeah. 50, 50 bucks a month for the cell. Your parents don't need to be paying your cell phone bill if you're making 150,000, 200,000 a year.
1: Uh huh. No, I, I <laughs> it's a different generation and that's a different podcast that we have to. Okay. Do. Any thoughts about public service loans and
2: forgiveness and how that works? Sure. So that's a great program. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of rural communities and and some urban communities that uh, need public health centers. And so if you're coming out of school and that's your heart's in public service, or you've got, you know, 500,000 plus coming out of dental school, there's some really neat programs out there. There's the uh, public service loan forgiveness. You go work in a federally qualified health clinic for 10 years, and you make an income-driven repayment plan over that period of time, and whatever's left at the end is forgiven tax-free, so let's say you got 400000 in student loan debt and you start out making 130000 um in public health. That's really like a $200,000 job right out of school. Right. Okay. And then you get your tax forgiveness. So then we invest heavily over those 10 years. And so you come out of get your student loans are knocked out in 10 years and you got a big investment account hopefully at the end. So you can go buy a practice or do whatever you want to do. Um, there's some scholarships. The student to service scholarship um, is a hundred twenty thousand dollar scholarship, paid over four payments uh, to go work in public health for three years. Typically, you have to uh, apply for that late summer, early fall. So there, you know, public service is a is a great program. Now, you do have some things you have to get your paperwork in order. Uh, the first ten year cycle on public service loans came, I believe, it was October of two thousand eighteen. And over 90% of the people that applied were denied uh, because they didn't have their ducks in a row. They didn't. So every year, you have to recertify your income on an income-driven repayment plan, and you also have to fill out what's called an employer certification form. Your employer has to verify that you work there and that they're a qualified employer for public service loan forgiveness, and then you have to send that document into your, to your loan servicer. And then at the end of those 10 years, they've got 10 of those certificates you apply to have your loans forgiven, and then hopefully that application gets approved.
1: So I'm a I'm a young dentist. I leave. Uh, I'm 25 years old. Most dentists they you know they graduate college at 21. Maybe they take a year off. Maybe they don't. And um, maybe they're you know most of your graduates are 25 to 28 years old. Mark, is that fair fair statement? Yeah, give yeah. or take
2: yeah 27 right? to 29 i'd say so you know,
1: so so say. one track would be they go to work at um you know in in, in public service and uh uh you know are they making i mean they're, they're probably i don't know what the jobs pay out there but they're not that much different than a first year associate working in a general dental office i don't
2: think no i mean i think a first year dentist na- nationally makes about 130,000 that's about and, right and public public health clinics have to compete with the with the market and and uh, I've got clients that uh, are working in public health that their first job, they were making 150000 plus a nice benefit package and a 401, you know, a 403B, 401K with a, with a nice match. So, yeah, I mean, the public health clinics are very competitive um, in terms of, you know, first and second year income. Now, you know, again, uh, not to talk people out of going to work other places, but, um, you know, there's I've got clients that are very happy in public health, and maybe they went home to they they grew up in a rural community. They went home and they're working in the public health clinic, or maybe that's where their heart was. They wanted to work in an underserved community, and um, yeah, could be uh, could be a great job. Yeah, and they could
1: you know and 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 then after ten years, they go to the government and they say, uh, I'm done. I'm I want my loans forgiven. It's like a PPP loan. They get forgiven after ten years, right?
2: Yeah, they have to make a hundred and twenty qualifying payments.
1: Right. So they make and, and they do the income base repayment. They keep it on that the whole time. Yes. Um, it doesn't matter. Then then it doesn't matter what
2: their loan balance is, right? Correct. Yeah. So then under that scenario, we do invest the difference. Okay. Right. And because there's there's no tax bomb. There's no tax the
1: bomb. That's right. There's no tax bomb. So so that's a great strategy. And again, you know, how many of you are going to plan your life out and say, okay, I'm leaving dental school. I'm going to work in public health for 10 years and then I'm going to buy a practice. If that's you, um, this is a great way to go. I mean, I don't see any downside to it, Mark.
2: Well, you know, I there's, you know, I mean, someone could say, well, you know, in public health, I'm never gonna make, you know, four or five, six hundred thousand dollars a year as a dentist. And, you know, if their desire is to be a practice owner, um you know, sooner than 10 years, you know, someone could maybe make the argument that financially they might be better off doing a, you know, going the private route, but you know, split the difference, apply for the, uh, students to service scholarship, get a $120,000 scholarship to go work in public health for three years. See how you like it. Yeah. You might, you might, you you might
1: say this is my career. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so any, any final words of advice for our young dentists out there or our, even our older dentists who have student loan debt? Any, any final pearls? And then we'll let you give out your information one more time.
2: Sure. Well, I would just say is that, you know, um, if they haven't had their plan reviewed in a while, um, that they should, could reach out to us or they could reach out to someone else that, that works in this area and, and just kind of make sure that they're on the right path uh, for this year's graduates. I would say that um, there's no interest accruing on your federal student loans uh, through the end of September, but that doesn't mean you, you have nothing to do between now and then. You really ought to have a plan in place and ready to go, certainly by the end of August and, uh, and uh, you know, go out there and you know, do what you do best. And uh, if you need help in other areas like finance and tax, uh, there's, there's folks like us that can help.
1: That's great. One more time, Mark. So if someone wanted to have a, you said, complimentary uh, conversation and, and you have a form on your um, on your website, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best way to get started if they're interested?
2: Sure. You just go to our website at studentloansrx.com. Click free consult in the top right-hand corner, uh, studentloansrx.com. You could also text me on my secure text, which is 314- 347-3499. Or you could send us an email at studentloansrx at rbfadvisors.net. There you go. Uh, well, Mark, uh, the
1: most important question I'll ask you right now is, um, how do you think the Cardinals are going to do this year?
2: Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. The Cardinals, <laughs> you know, St. Louisans are pretty pretty into the Cardinals, you know, I think they, they're going to do well. The Cardinals always have a pretty good team. And, and so I, uh, you know, they practice down in Florida and, and, uh, they're, I think they're ready to go. Yeah. Well, I was, a uh, one of my, one of my long-term clients and I was, I was
1: sad to learn that he, uh, he passed away about, uh, three months ago was, um, a Dr. John McGuire. John practiced in, uh, pomona california for 40 years i was at the opening of his dental office uh, he had five boys and and one of them you might have heard of his name was mark mcguire
2: unbelievable and, uh, oh yes yep yeah,
1: yeah. mark uh so uh mark uh mark played for the oakland a's and he spent a good chunk of his career in uh working uh, um, playing for the st louis cardinals uh, that's where he broke the single season home run record Um, and it was great because when he got driven around in a car at Bush stadium to celebrate his record, um, his CPA, who I know, I won't mention his name, but his his CPA, um, was driving and I was going, yeah, the CPA is getting involved. That's great to know. And, um, you know, Mark, Mark is, um, uh, the McGuire family, are just most wonderful, wonderful people. And, uh, one of the one of the greatest days of my life was when uh, Dr. John McGuire got Mark to come to my house to give my son Forrest who was trying to become a college baseball player a hitting lesson. And we had a batting cage in the backyard, Mark, and and he I figured he'll come for 15 20 minutes. He spent 3 hours. And That's I'm crazy. talking Mark cuz at the time he was the he was the hitting coach for the St. Louis Cardinals. I said, "So how do you coach Albert Pujols?" And he said, "You don't coach him. You just give him a little bit of advice." But I mean, what what amazing to 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 talk to somebody like that for three hours. So, so I've that's always great. had St. Louis uh, in my heart and the McGuire's and what a great family. And uh, well, I
2: was, didn't I didn't know that his dad was a dentist. That's yeah. uh, that's dad was a dentist. He he was
1: uh, he was in his mid eighties. He just passed away. Wow. Uh, sure. His wife Ginger called me and a couple of months ago and let me know. I was very sad, but it's it just. Uh, just, just wonderful, wonderful people. That's what I thought of St. Louis. So it has nothing to do with student loans, but I always love to talk baseball as my audience knows that. Well, listen, Hey, Mark Johnson, thank you so much for taking your valuable time and talking to our audience and folks, if you want to have a plan to get your student loans paid off, uh, and to help in your financial success, um, i again i i there's good players and there's bad players in every industry including the financial services industry and i only work with the good players and mark johnson is one of the best that i know i don't know anybody else who has an expertise as a financial advisor specifically geared to working with dentists on their student loan debt so mark thank you so much hang on as i sign off for a minute um, and we really appreciate you coming on today
2: It's a pleasure, Art. I look forward to our next visit.
1: Yeah. And don't forget, folks, on June 9th, put this on your calendar. Mark is going to be doing our Business of Dentistry webinar. We've set this up for um, uh, six dental societies here in Southern California, but it's open uh, to everybody. That's the beauty of uh, remote webinars is, you know, you don't have to get on an airplane and fly to California and Get a hotel and come and attend. You can look at it on uh, on your computer screen. So June 9th, Mark, is going to be from 6 to 8 California time. Uh, also, if you are looking at our other webinars, the ones we talked about on the ERTC and the PPP, and we had a great one on marketing with Christy Boltz and Kira Dent, uh, go to our web page, our YouTube page, which is Ide YouTube page. Just Google Ide Bailey YouTube, and you'll 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 find it there. And if you, as I mentioned earlier, if you have a 50% or greater reduction in your revenues for the second quarter in your practice anywhere in the country, you could score yourself tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars of free government money in the employee retention tax credit. And we at Id Bailey are set up to help you with that. And we've got a whole system. So email me at aweman at idbailey.com or call me at six five seven. 2793243 check out the website of the Academy of Dental CPAs www.adcpa.org and check out our partner Decisions in Dentistry magazine www.decisionsindentistry.com well that is about it for this episode of the art of dental finance and management with Art Weiderman i hope you found it informative uh, please uh you know tell your friends about our podcast write a review um, you know, Shoot me an email if there's a topic you want to hear about or somebody you think would be interesting. I'm more than happy to listen to you. And with that, folks, I want to wish you adieu. And this is Art Wiederman for the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, A. Wiederman at idbailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.